0: Let us continue our worship in the Word of God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, we'll be reading. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because the great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see you all. For several weeks, we are studying the Beatitudes. We've been studying the Beatitude known as the Sermon... An amount. It, is, it is about what a true Christian looks like. The Beatitude gives us the greed on which to measure our progress, how Christians are blessed and being transformed to become more like Christ. And continuing with this series, today we focus on the very last Beatitude. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let us expound on this verse and may the Lord our God speak to our hearts ever so powerfully that we will be, never be the same but be transformed by His Word becoming more like Jesus. Amen? For better understanding of this beatitude, first, let us summarize the beatitude as whole. We've been talking about this for several weeks. And as we submit ourselves to Christ meekly, Acknowledging our poverty of spirit and mourning for our sins, the Holy Spirit creates in us a great desire to become more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit creates a hunger and desire for pursuing righteousness in our lives as blessed people of God. And this pursuit of righteousness in us, it's all about being merciful, being pure, and also being peacemaking. Now, this is the life that God calls us to pursue, the path of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus. And here is the path on which God's blessing is to be found. And as we follow Him, there is a blessing. And that's what the Beatitude is all about. But the question still remains. If we pursue this life of blessing, The path of sanctification to which Christ calls us, what should we expect? What lies ahead of us? What happens to us next? Well, to that question, Jesus clearly gives us two answers in this Beatitude. First, you'll be persecuted by the world. And second, You will be blessed and rewarded by God. You see, there are two consequences. There are only two consequences of such life, of becoming more like Jesus. Being a Christian, there are only two things that you will face in this world. First, persecution. Second, blessings and reward. We read today, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And interestingly, Jesus continued to add up this, uh, this, uh, continued to expound in this verse in verse 11. He says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He says, Rejoice and be glad, because a great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. At this moment, At this juncture, you might say, Really? As Christians, we'll face persecution? This is how Tommy always responds Really? Really? This is what we are to face as Christians? I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, the world will not thank you for being a Christian, the world will not love the church. You will tolerate the church with suspicion at best, but will show it open hostility at worst. It has been this way from the very beginning of the history. From the Genesis, if you go back, if you go back to the very first murder, the righteous Abel gave worthy sacrifice to the Lord and he pleaded, You please the Lord. The wicked Cain made an unworthy sacrifice to the Lord, which was not accepted. The result was that Cain, in jealous rage, lashed out the murdered his brother Abel. And if you continue to read through the Bible, every righteous man or woman mentioned in the Bible has suffered at the hand of unrighteous. Look at Noah. Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, all the prophets, including Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, John the Baptist, even Jesus himself and all the apostles. You read from the Old Testament to the New Testament, history of the church, it seems that righteousness is a magnet for persecution. Thus, don't you ever think that we are exempt from such persecution. But you might say, why? Why do we have to be persecuted? As we pursue the righteousness of Christ, being merciful, being pure, being peacemaking, is that really bad that the world is uh, persecuting us? Why? Well, Jesus clearly gives us the answer for that. Jesus said, The blessing comes to those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. In verse 10. And verse 11, he says, Because of me you'll be persecuted. You see, the true righteousness is what? Becoming more like Jesus in his character. Through the process of the sanctification of the Spirit. And more you become a reflection of Christ, the greater your true righteousness, the more the unrighteous world cannot stand. You. And Jesus actually explained this thoroughly in John chapter 15, verse 18 through 21. I'm sorry, I did not put it in here. But listen to this. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before he hated you, Jesus said. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of this world, Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. What a powerful words. More we are like Jesus, the more the world will hate us because it hated Jesus first. To live for Christ is to live in opposition to the enemy and his world system. And that's what the Bible teaches us. So don't you expect to be thanked for living a godly life in business in industry in school in education wherever you turn my brothers and sisters as you are trying to live in pursuing in pursuing the righteousness of Christ you will not be welcome we will not be welcome you see the sinners will be suspicious of you for living a godly life at best and hostile towards you for living a godly life at worst that's the situation that's the reality no wonder in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Paul actually writes this word. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. This is out of new news. From the very beginning, from the very first church, everyone who wants to live a godly life, pure life, peacemaking life, merciful life, In Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. If you pursue this life, my brothers and sisters, the light of Jesus shines from within you. Yet the sinner has to suppress his own conscience to sustain what he's doing. And godly colleagues and neighbor brings the light that sinners are trying to avoid. No wonder they are trying to persecute us. I know it might sound a bit depressing, but let's look at persecution in depth. There are two kinds of persecutions as reality for Christians. Thomas Watton says that there are two forms of persecution. The persecution of the hand, persecution of the tongue. I call it first the physical persecution, physical persecution. Persecution with the hand is a physical violence, imprisonment, even martyrdom. It's happening around the world today, as a matter of fact. Recently, there was a case in India. A violent mob has come and broken the arms and legs of the missionaries in India. I remember back in 2007, I know it's a while ago, but it's still happening. Actually, it is worse. But I, was, I had a privilege to visit India. I went to Coimbatore when Dr. P.P. Job was alive. He was known as uh, Billy Graham of India during the time. And um, I was a privilege to speak to the persecuted church leaders and pastors. And I already told you this story over and over again, but it really, really shocked me. I remember uh, there were about 300 uh, the. The, the people, 300 pastors and leaders from the persecuted churches from Bhutan, India, uh, Nepal, every, around the area. One common denominator of their, their physical appearance was this none of them, not even a single one, had front teeth. So all the pastors and leaders, they were trying to speak to me. I was a young girl back then, a pastor from. Chicago, America. I, sometimes it was very hard for me to understand, not just because of their accent, but because they could not speak clearly because they were missing front teeth. But that was the badge of being the leaders and pastors of the persecuted church. And I dare not to ask, I would ask why they had this. But someone was mentioning to me that because they have been constantly being accused and persecuted by the government officials getting beat up is a normal daily routine as a christian as christians in those areas this is a reality my brothers and sisters it is very difficult to get accurate numbers of christians who are killed every year for openly professing faith in jesus christ but roughly, it is range of hundred thousand to hundred fifty thousand martyrs per year. That's two eighty-eight a day, twelve an hour, one every five minutes. Somewhere in the world, every five minutes, one of your brothers and sisters in Christ is not only suffering, but laying down their faith because of Jesus Christ. One every five minutes. That's the reality. Being a Christian. First, physical persecution. There is also, secondly, psychological persecution. I call it psychological persecution, but it's a verbal persecution. Look at verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of Jesus. We might call it today verbal abuse includes mocking, slandering, even intimidating and tormenting. It is any kind of persecution with the tongue, according to Thomas Watson. In so may be direct or indirect, verbal or actions of contempt. But sometimes, even us, we went through that. Some of you might be going through this kind of persecution in your places. I'm sure all of us had some kind of experience like this in our secular school settings or work settings. I remember when I was in high school um, watching some of the devout Christian friends who are being ridiculed by the peers because they were actually praying together during the lunchtime. I was a Christian. But I I, I did not want to join them, honestly speaking. I remember just a couple of them. They were always praying for for school. And come to think of it now, those were great kids. They were praying for school. Yet, as a Christian, fellow Christian, I did not want to be associated with them a lot of times because I was scared. That kind of persecution is everywhere. Even today, I'm sure. I'm sure you heard this from your peers. How can you possibly believe in Creator? Christian life, really? It's boring. You are being brainwashed. You're too radical. Are you serious? You're going to come to church when coronavirus is everywhere? By the way, there's nothing wrong with having e-services. I know that some churches does that. I think just being a small a congregation, advantage of small, being small congregation, we were able to gather today. But I know that for, for our churches around our neighbors, even including Grace, uh, they had different type of E-services. I have no problem with that. We should continue to pray for them. Uh, we just, thankfully, we were able to do this today. The persecution here in the United States is not extreme as it as in other countries but it does happen here too i'm not sure you know or not there was a case in 2010 a guy named stephan ocean and T.D. sofra were murdered in boyston beach florida after witnessing a man witnessing to a man on the street near library just because they were sharing the gospel they were shot to death more commonly in the United States, persecution take the, takes the form of verbal abuse, losing promotions or, at, or work, having our constitutional rights attacked and being sued for standing up for biblical standards. I know that a lot of political activi- activists target Christians clearly and to try to force them to approve their own agendas. In New York are uh, just a few of the businesses that have faced threats, lawsuits, fines, and boycotts to drive them out of business because they will not participate in unbiblical wedding or celebration. You probably heard the news as well, too. Not long ago, the California passed a law stripping tax exemption t- status for youth organizations that refuse to accept all gender identities and sexual orientation throughout their organizations. It includes many Christian youth ministries. You see type of persecutions today. Consider also lesser known cases that do not make the news, including people held back in company advancements or even fired because they will not participate in unethical business practices. Some Christian students that are graded down because they wrote a paper reflecting God's moral standards. Things are happening even in our country, in our neighbors. Maybe some of you are facing. I remember one of you, some of you actually share with me about that as well, being persecuted because of your participation in the church. Surely persecution is inevitable even in our country even in our society and the situation I will tell you my brothers and sisters the situation will get worse now how do you feel about being a christian now pursuing a righteous life of righteousness of Jesus Christ do you still want to be a christian well, take heart, my brothers and sisters. A godly life in Christ becoming like Christ results in, yes, persecution, but also result in blessings and rewards. That's what the Bible says. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you. Remember, the focus of this verse is not persecution. Focus of this verse is What? Blessed are you. Blessing. That's the focus of our verse today. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are are you when people insult you, persecute you because of Jesus Christ. But still we can ask this question, how can the blessing be now if there is a persecution? How can we say there is a blessing in persecution? Where is a blessing? Some people might say. And some people say, if you are are going through a hard time, you are not being blessed. Well, clearly Jesus said, in the midst of this persecution, in the midst of insults, in the midst of suffering, blessed are you. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. How do you know that we are blessed by God in the midst of persecution that we might face or we are facing? Well, Jesus says, Blessed are you because you have the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean? I have the kingdom of heaven. At the end, after death, I will see Jesus face to face. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. But not only that, what the, pres- the, the, kingdom, the kingdom of heaven represents is this, the very presence of God in your life. As a matter of fact, the greatest blessing is not just provision of power, provision of the things that you need. It's not that the the actual, the greatest blessing that we can ever encounter and receive is the very presence of God in your life through Jesus Christ. The God being with us is the greatest blessing. God, the Emmanuel, the God with us. That's exactly the message, isn't it? There is a fellowship with Christ an anointing of the Spirit that you can experience in the face of suffering, in the face of persecution. That in in the the time of persecution, you can actually experience God in a new way, most powerful way. And we've been hearing the testimony after testimonies. You listen to these people who went through persecution and you you will hear this. The greatest time that I can ever experience God most powerfully was the time that I was in persecution. It's greater than anything you will experience at any other time, they say. The Samuel Rutherford said this, I never knew my nine years of preaching so much of Christ's love as he taught me in Aberdeen by six month imprisonment, Jesus said he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave us. He will never just leave us alone like orphans. He said he is with us, no matter what we are facing. Yes, in our country at this moment we are not really facing physical persecution per se. But whatever that we are going through in the future, I don't know. But one thing for sure, the promise of the presence of God is ours. Jesus is with us. And He will never leave us, never forsake us. He is with us. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the greatest blessing that you can ever have. Amen. If God is with us, who can be against us? God will provide the things that you need in order for you to go through the suffering, not to avoid the suffering. That's the very interesting about Christ, isn't it? How did Christ deal with suffering? How did He resolve the the suffering of sin? He went through it, right? He never avoided it. And as God's people, as Christians, as a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what Jesus is expecting us to do. He wants us to go through the suffering, through the persecution, to overcome with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we are called to do. That's what pursuit of righteousness is all about. That's what Christian life is all about, that we don't avoid, shun, Persecution, nor problems or suffering. We go through it knowing that Christ is with us, that He is going to give us the power and provision to overcome such obstacles. That's what Christian life is all about, my brothers and sisters. Thus, take heart. I know that we do have a pandemic situation with coronavirus. And I tell you, I'm concerned as well, especially as a father. Uh, Also, having elderly parents, it concerns me. And I'm concerned for this church as well as Grace Church. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Pastor Dan of Grace Lutheran Church. We have a great relationship, by the way. Uh, They did not have a service, as we know, because the majority of their congregation is elderly. Only like five of them came and just have some time of prayer with Pastor Dan. And it's a very tough situation, and I know. But one thing, though, my brothers and sisters, may we never operate in fear. We are to operate in faith. Trusting the Lord, being faithful in what we are called to do. And I believe this is a great opportunity, how we handle suffering, how we handle crisis, how we'll deal with the situation like this. Not with panic, but with power and compassion. Let us, be a, let us shine the light of Jesus Christ to those around us as we live by faith, not by fear. Amen? But it does not mean also that we should be reckless. That's not what we're talking about here. We should be very careful. As a matter of fact, I'll make an announcements, but you know, please minimize your physical contact in greetings. I know how much you want to to, to, to have physical contact like hugging, especially the little kids, but please restrain yourself from that. Please use sanitizer as much as you can, as, many, as often as you can. Yes, let us not be reckless, but again, does not give us the excuse to be fearful in our daily lives. Live on in peace. Last Friday, some of us we got together. We had a activity night. We're watching movie, relaxing in the midst of all kinds of craziness. We can rest in the Lord, truly. Today is a day of rest. Truly, today is a day that where you can be free from all kinds of problems and receive God's grace and be saturated in His love, be re-strengthened, rejuvenated, that you can continue to live your life starting tomorrow. We have a privilege, my brothers and sisters. The G presence of God is with us. Take heart. Amen. Turn to person next to you and say, Jesus is with you. This promise and experience of blessing of presence of God in the face of mockery, ridicule, slander, insult. Persecution is all over the Bible. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14, If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Wow. Paul speaks of entering into fellowship of the suffering of Christ. He said, if you want to experience the resurrection of Jesus, if you want to experience Christ, hey, we don't just pick and choose the part of Christ. If you want to especially experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, we also be ready to participate in His suffering. That's what Easter is all about, isn't it? Yes, the resurrection power validates His deity, and that's our faith completes in resurrection. But at the same time, as a Christian, we are to participate in His suffering as Christians. We need to be ready for that. That's what knowing Jesus Christ is all about. There is a fellowship with Christ when you share the cup of his suffering. As we f- enter into the fellowship of suffering with Christ, he we can also partake of his glory, fellowship of glory. There is a blessing as believer of Jesus Christ and all the blessings that you can think of of summarized in this, the presence of God is with you. And He is with you. He is with you. Also, did you know, my brothers and sisters, persecution produces a great reward. Not only a blessing, meaning the presence of God is with us, there is a particular blessing that we will receive. That's what Jesus said, Verse 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward. There is a reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Be glad, rejoice when you are being persecuted because of me, because of being Christian, being a Christian, because of your pursuit of righteousness of Jesus Christ, because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Take heart. Not only take heart, he said, rejoice. Be glad that you are being persecuted because of me. Because because there will be a great reward. Interestingly, he said, there will be a reward. No, great reward. Great is your reward. Great is your reward. As a matter of fact, John Piper actually said this, the more your faith is tested through suffering, the greater will be your reward. Yes, as we are going through suffering and all kinds of trials, even persecutions, more you go through, greater is your reward. Some of you say, how come some people are going through more suffering? How come some are not? Why am I going through this while people are not going through that? Well, Does't matter what you're going through, more your faith is tested through suffering. I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, God is fair and just, the greater will be your reward. Even if you book the book of Revelations, you will say there's a special honor for the martyr, the mar- Christian martyrs. and this reward, Jesus said, is in heaven. Ultimately, when we see Jesus face to face, we will receive the glorious reward. I don't know what, how, what it looks like, but one thing for sure, God will share His glory with those who were faithful. There will be no tears, no fears, pain, or suffering when we see Jesus face to face. That's the ultimate reward that we can have. The greatest reward at the end is what? That you will be with Christ forever, unhindered. That you will experience Him. You will experience God, this glorious God, without any hindrance. Right now, we are still in Christ, yes. We experience Christ, yes. But there is hindrance, isn't it? Hindrance of this world, hindrance of our flesh, our sinful habits. We still struggle through that. That, that blocks us to, to unleash this, this powerful, glorious Christ to be experienced. But the day will come when we see Jesus face to face. The very presence of God will be before us. And we can actually, fully experience Him without any hindrance. And that's something else. I don't know about you. That's what I want to know. I want to know Him. Without any hindrance, imagine that. That's ultimately we will have a reward, and I cannot explain to you more and more than this. The words cannot come, cannot be do justice. It's beyond our comprehension and apprehension. But Christ will give you great reward, and He Himself will be the greatest reward that we can experience Him fully without sin. Imagine that. Also, there will be reward of going through suffering as God's promise upon our lives are fulfilled one by one. Meaning, we will experience His very intervention, His very power, His care, His love, as we go through. And that is also our reward, isn't it? That we can actually experience God's power in our lives. We can experience His love in our lives as we go through sufferings and persecutions, whatever the life is bringing to us. There is a reward. The reward of being with Christ now and forevermore. Ultimately, yes, in heaven. But even now, we can experience the glimpse of the presence of God working in our lives. Even in this imperfect life, we can still experience that. That is a power of Christian life, my brothers and sisters. Consider the famous Dimitri Bonhoeffer. Last Friday, we watched a movie of concerning Bonhoeffer. As he left his prison room on the way to the gallows in 1949, He said to Pain Best, This is the end, but for me the beginning of life. Ten years later a camp doctor wrote this about Bonhoeffer. He wrote, At the place of execution, he again and said a short prayer, then climbed the steps of the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued after a few seconds. In the most 50 years that I worked as a doctor, I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. What a life to be studied. He knew the reward was in heaven. And you know the, the Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was a theologian and pastor during the time of Nazi Germany. Um, when majority of the Christian churches were siding with Hitler and the Nazis' party because of the fear of persecution, Bonhoeffer and a few they stood against the regime. And later... He was executed in his association with trying to assassinate Hitler. He was a bit radical, some people said. Yes, he was. But he knew what the pursuit of righteousness was all about. And at the end, we believe, I believe, as he was looking forward to reward in heaven, he was able to submit to God even in his death. So there is reward, my brothers and sisters. The reward that I cannot really explain with my words. But I know the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart ever so powerfully, guaranteeing that there is a reward. How do we know? The Holy Spirit is in you, ministering to you, speaking to you, when you open your heart and listen. He is the deposit guarantee of the things to come there will be a reward waiting for us. If we are faithful, in spite of all the persecution that we might face, in spite of all the sufferings that we might encounter, but the Lord is with you, and that is the greatest reward, and that is the greatest blessing that we can ever experience. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of Jesus Christ, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let's pray.